Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to Leader Talks with the MYC. My name is Matt Taylor and I'll be your host today. And in this conversation, we are wrapping up part three of finding your way to yes. We all meet obstacles, objections, and I really believe that there's simply opportunities. When you're hit with the word no, there is a way to find your way to yes. And so today I think is one of the most important parts, the most important pieces to the puzzle of, uh, of this idea of finding your way to yes. And so just let's recap real quick. Uh, we had six points that we talked about over two podcasts. And number one was start with why. Very simply, vision is important. You need it to know where you're going. Your why keeps you going to accomplish the goal. It helps you overcome and helps you bring people on board. Number two, how do you feel? The emotional health of your team is super important. And as cliche as it is, the statement is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They'll walk through fire with you if you walk through it with them. Okay. Number three, obstacles are opportunities. Every obstacle is simply an opportunity. Everything in life is a negotiation. Okay. Number four, don't spend what isn't yours. Don't make assumptions what price your team is willing to pay. Ask big and let them make the decision. Your teams will rise to the occasion if the vision and the why are right. Number five, mindsets are are everything. Are you determined or are you defeated? How do you look at every situation? How you think is how you'll be. Henry Ford said it best, those that think they can and those that think they can't are both usually right. Number six, lastly for that podcast was no's aren't final. No is simply an objection because of perspective. Leaders often don't say no because they just want to. There's usually a reason. Understand the objection and overcome it. And so if you'd like to learn more on those specific points, I would encourage you to go and check back part one and part two of finding your way to yes. So today, uh, there's only one point, the final seventh point of the finding your way to yes. And it's one that, that, in my opinion, deserves a little time to be spent on it because it helps put things in perspective. And it's the idea of this, build on purpose, not personality. Again, number seven is build on purpose, not personality. If your ministry, your business, your life, et cetera, is built on personality, once you take the personality away, It will fall apart. Your God-sized visions and dreams have to be able to live on after you. If they don't, we have failed. Ultimately, transitions are inevitable. There's going to come a time in a place where you as a leader move from your role. Currently, what I do, I serve as a district youth director. I'm a campus pastor. I'm an executive pastor at a church, and I love what I get to do, but I would be a fool to think that I will be in this position forever. Transitions are inevitable. They will come. Either I will one day pass away in this role. I will transition to a different phase of life. Something will happen where I am no longer in this role. So when we look at this idea of building on purpose and not personality, I just want to speak very candid with you and and just think about those dreams that you have that will often outlive you if you give them the chance to. Too many times I've seen people have this idea where they're going to build a brand, they're going to build an image based on a person. Does that mean it's wrong? No, it's not. I'm, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with it. But if you wanted to outlive that individual, there has to be something that supersedes it. There has to be something that goes before it. Uh, in the ministry world, I've seen time and time again. 
where you have stepped in and someone has changed everything because they're now the new leader, the new pastor, the new whoever, whether it's in staff ministry or whether it's in a lead role, they change things up and they get things rocking and rolling. And then sure enough, within a couple of years, they move on to something else. Another leader comes in and they take everything, they change it up to match what they want to do. And they're now doing their thing. And all of a sudden transition comes and they leave out. And then another leader comes in and what you've seen is this churn where there's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of turnover, but there hasn't really been a whole lot of growth. Um, just statistically, they say that it takes about five years for a leader to be able to earn the trust and the investment to get people on board with their vision. Well, the reality is people transition out typically way faster than that five-year mark. And so what happens is we change and we change and we change and we change and we don't have any lasting impact because we haven't built anything for impact. We build on personality and strengths, not in our purpose. It can be frustrating for people who are left on standby, and so that could be a congregation, that could be students in a ministry, that could be employees on a team, and and seeing managers swap out, it can be owners of a company. And so I want to give just two brief examples, one being a ministry example, the other being a corporate example of, of what that does. And so... Take a look at at my life and in some of the different areas of ministry that I've seen and and what I've tried to to replicate in my own life because I saw something that that just didn't work for me. I have been a firm believer that I want something in my life, whatever I do, whatever I put my hand to, I want it to outlive me. I want it to be something that goes beyond my lifetime. And to do that, I couldn't have put it into words early on. I have to build on purpose. I have to build on something that that goes beyond me. And so being early on in ministry, I started off in kids ministry. And if you were listening to any of our earlier podcasts, you heard that. But kids ministry has always been a big part of my life. Um, It will not always be in my life. You know, I'm sure it will come and go in different phases, but there comes a time where transition happens. Before I moved to Columbus, Mississippi, I was in Brookhaven, Mississippi, and I was at a church where I gave my life to Jesus. I felt a call to ministry. I started school there. Man, I came on staff there. I was a part of executive level leadership there. Like we did a lot of fun things. And it was there for 12 years, if my math is right. I think it's right. You know, anywhere upwards of 12, 13 years. Now, again, that was some of me being in high school and me being a student, but I went from being a student to a student leader to a pastor and to being a part of a huge uh, a huge role in a core team. And so I was just focusing really, really hard on how we could continue just to, to make it grow, it continue to move forward and be the best ministry that it could be. But inevitably transition comes. And so I had to make a decision on how we were going to build this ministry. Were we going to build it for it to be the Matt show or was this going to be something that went beyond me? And so I just made the decision that it wasn't about me. And so there was a young man by the name of James Wilson that was hanging around and uh, had a had a passion and had a dream to be a kids pastor. And so I took him under my wing and was given the opportunity to be able to mentor him. And, and when I say given the opportunity, he opened that door for me. I've never been a firm believer of saying, hey, you're going to follow me because how arrogant is that? But James had an opportunity, and I, and I saw potential in him, and I saw a desire, and I wanted more than anything for him to be able to step out and be who God called him to be, recognizing that I would only have a small part of the role in the journey of being able to help him get there. 
And so as we begin to uh, just just mentor him and empower him in my thing in my thinking, I was thinking, okay, uh, if James can step in and do kids ministry, I'll be able to step out and help other areas of ministry within the local church and be able to continue to empower and replicate. I've always been a team player. I love the concept of team building and team empowering. I think you do. We're better together, and it, it is incredible what happens when you get people with different strengths in the room, and you trust their strength, and you move forward as an organization. And so, with that in mind, going back to the team, I was beginning to build this team for kids ministry, and so we had uh, just incredible volunteers, incredible team players that were there. And I've never been a big fan of the word volunteer. So we always called them team. Uh, in our current location, we call them heroes and is just, you know, they're, they're part of the team. My favorite though, just completely unrelated calling our sound and media team maestros. It's always been my favorite hit it maestro. Anyway, back to the point. Uh, and so we were building this, this team and getting them on board of understanding their strengths, understanding their roles, and giving James the opportunity to step in and to lead. And so that meant for me to take the background. There were weeks where I wasn't the main speaker. I wasn't the main communicator. I was a puppet, which is super fun, by the way, because uh, you get to play and mess with the speaker if you're if you're the leader in the room. Now, if I was a leader in the room and a joker decided they were going to mess with me, that would be a conversation we'd have to have after service. But when you're the one in the room, it's fun to play. Uh, and of course, James knew that we were going to do that before we did. So I'm not being a hypocrite. So just chill out. But giving James the opportunity, man, was so exciting for me because helping him step into his dream and what he felt was the purpose for his life was a fun thing. And I'll never forget the time when it came uh, that, that Pastor Jim had announced James as Pastor James from the platform. And I took that opportunity that Sunday. I hadn't planned it before, but it was just one of those things where the moment was real and it was powerful. And, uh, and this was it. And so I remember that Sunday morning bringing him up to the front and uh, laying my hands on him in in a ministry context, we believe, in in laying on hands of praying, not that anything like super spiritual from heaven happens. It's just a sign of reverence and and an impact for a moment. I remember blessing him and and telling the kids, our real kids, and we called them because it was real kids, uh, the ministry is what it was called, and, uh, and telling our kids this was their new kids pastor and blessing him and releasing him and celebrating that moment and getting things ready. Now, does James do everything that I did? No, not at all. In fact, we've had conversations where he's changed things up because check it out. James is his own person. He's his own leader. And if I get hung up on something that I built years ago, that doesn't even fit the context of the church that it does today, then then I did it all for the wrong reason. I built it on my personality, not on purpose. And so James now, we're looking at three and a half, almost four years later, is still in this role, is doing an incredible job, Is having has a team that loves him and that supports him, that champions him, and the kids that are part of his kids' ministry love him to death. He is doing a phenomenal job. And even in this current role, recently I just transitioned into um, an executive role at my current church, as well as uh, the campus pastor of one of our locations, I had to transition out of kids ministry again. And so two of our team, Cindy and Alexis, are doing a phenomenal job. And you know what? It hasn't been a few months since I've been out of this role, and they've already had to make some changes too. Why? Because they are their own leader, and it was built on purpose, not a personality, because transition is inevitable. Sometimes it's planned. Sometimes it's spontaneous. Regardless, transition is inevitable. And so here's what happens. If you build this thing on purpose, 
you will see success for continued generations. If you build it on personality, you build it on for the here and now, you are going to encounter frustration. You're going to encounter uh, just attention and a lack of what you desired for it to be. An example of that is I have a friend of mine who is working for a corporate company and they are having to adapt to changes because of COVID-19. And so everybody, everybody is having to do that now. They're having to adapt. They're having to get things ready um, in a new way. How do you continue to do sales in the season when you can't even have people come in your store? Do you make the decision to go online? All sorts of discussions have to be made from the top. But what happened is there has been a something lost in translation translation along the way, and managers have been swapping and going back and forth. And so if you uh, were a part of an earlier podcast where we talked about symbolic leadership, we talked about two symbols, one being a pyramid, being a power. Um, the higher up you go, it's your team, not the team that you serve. It's the, the team is there to serve you, and you are not there to serve the team. And this idea of a Toyota logo, the, the further you go, really check it out because it, it breaks it into further than what I can do right now. But the the further up in leadership you go, the further away from center. It's not about you. It's about the people you're there to serve. Well, this particular company and this particular setup uh, has created an environment where it has is caused competition within the team. And so it's more of a pyramid structure of I'm going to earn my stripes. I'm going to climb the ladder. I'm going to be the guy or the girl. And what's happened is because they've created this environment and they've had to make so many changes, the teams have become focused on themselves, on how can I survive, which I think is a natural thing. If your world has been rocked and turned upside down and you are having to fight for your income because you have all of a sudden lost 20 grand in a year because it is not the same, there is a sense of urgency. But because the culture was created to have teams to fight to get to the top. And, and again, I'm not saying you don't earn your stripes. Absolutely work hard, be dedicated. But if it comes at the cost of infighting and killing within the team, then then you get this experience what happened here. A friend of mine is on his 11th manager leader in this role in the last three months. 11th manager in three months. And because what has been done previously is personality, we have not prepped for transition. We have not prepped for any type of future growth. It is the manager's going to lead, and that's just it. There's not a system on how it goes, how it's continued, on anything like that. You have found yourself in a situation where we now, because the company's having to adapt, we've had 11 different supervisors in a situation in the span of three months. And because now these things are built on personality, you have someone that has come in that's frustrated at their team because standards haven't been met according to what they feel like it should be. Not necessarily a company standard, a personal standard, and there's tension already among the team from a team that hasn't been able to adapt because they don't have a leader, they haven't been prepped for transition, and they've been hit with 11 of them in three months. 11 different supervisors in three months. There are multiple people on the team that want to quit. They want to leave. They're looking for employment elsewhere. And if this happens in one part of the company, I guarantee you it's happening all across the company. They did not prepare for this. They did not prepare for transition. And because they did not prepare for transition, it is not ending well. Now, is there a chance for a rebound? Can they recalibrate? Can they come back to it? I think they can. I think you can overcome anything. It's all back to a mindset we've talked about previously. But it goes to show 
the need to build on purpose. We talked about those ministries earlier, people coming in, making changes and adapting to their leadership style, which I think you do. But you have to do it in the sense of understanding it's your strength in the purpose of the organization that you're leading. If you shift the purpose of the organization to your personal purpose, then when you leave, it falls apart. Someone else has to come in, build from what was left to then change to what can be new to fit their strength. And then by the time they do that, traditionally, according to statistics, they have left. And what happens is you have an organization or a church that can't get anywhere. They can't grow because they haven't been given a chance to grow. They're just rebuilding and rebounding off of other people's vision and leadership. It's been about a personal purpose, not an organization or church purpose. So build on purpose, not personality. There will be a day where you will transition out of what you do. If you want what you do to make a longer impact than just your time there from start point to end point, then you have to think beyond yourself. You have to think about the vision of why you're doing what you're doing and how do you set the organization up for success. That means there are going to be sacrifices you as a leader have to make for the better of the organization. There are going to be some dreams and some ideas that you personally have that may have to wait for the benefit of the organization. Does that mean it's a forever thing? No, but you have to think overall about the people that you're leading. Again, going back to that Toyota logo, please go back and listen to Symbolic Leadership because it's about the people you serve, not people serving you. It's about the people you serve, not the people serving you. You have an opportunity to make lasting impact wherever you go. But to do that, you have to build on purpose. So real quick, let me recap over the seven things that we've talked about. Number one, start with why. Vision is important. You need it to know where you're going. Number two, how do you feel? The emotional health of your team is super important. And as cliche as it is, the statement is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They'll walk through fire with you if you've walked through it with them. Number three, obstacles are opportunities. Every obstacle is simply an opportunity and everything in life is a negotiation. Number four, don't spend what isn't yours. Don't make assumptions what price your team is willing to pay. Ask big and let them make the decision. Your teams will rise to the occasion if the vision and the why are right. Number five, mindsets are everything. Are you determined or are you defeated? How do you look at every situation? How you think is how you will be. Those that think they can and those that think they can't are both usually right, thanks to Henry Ford. Number six, no's aren't final. No is simply an objection because of perspective. Leaders often don't say no because they just want to. There's usually a reason. Understand the objection and overcome it. Lastly, number seven, build on purpose not personality. If your ministry, business, life, etc. is built on your personality, once you take the personality away, it will fall apart. Your God-sized visions have to be able to live on after you. If they don't, we have failed. Why? Because transitions are inevitable. Thank you so much for hanging out in our series of Finding Your Way to Yes. I believe if you take a combination of all seven of those and work it into your specific context, you will find a way to yes. There's always a way to victory. It requires work, hard work, dedication, commitment, and some creativity and some intentionality. 
you can accomplish the dreams ahead of you because there's a God I believe in heaven that desires to put things on your heart to make a lasting change in this world. And the Bible tells me in Ephesians 3.20 that he can do infinitely more than you could ever ask or imagine. And here's the deal. If you can dream it with hard work and dedication, I believe you can achieve it. Just remember that dream and that purpose has to go beyond you. If it doesn't, we failed. Thank you so much for desiring to be the best leader that you can be. And I would love to hear from you. We can stay connected on Facebook or Instagram at Matt, the number two, the Taylor. Again, Matt to the Taylor. Or you can email me. I would love to hear from you and some different things that you would like to talk about at mtaylor at msaog.org. Again, that's mtaylor at msaog.org. We have a lot of fun conversations coming up and I can't wait for you to be a part. So it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and go ahead and rate the podcast. That way we can continue getting this to the best people that we know how to all across the world, helping them be the best leader that they can be and all that fun stuff. Again, it means the world to me that you tuned in today and I hope we've added value to your life because these talks are designed for faith, family, life, in leadership. And my goal is to be a small part of the journey of helping you be the less be the best leader that you can be. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks again.